Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, everybody listening. Welcome, Alexis. How are you doing today? Doing amazing. Thank you for having me on, Alain. I am so excited to talk to you today because you are working at the IAB, and today's conversation is going to be kind of different from the usual industry topic trends that's less sexy and less interesting. Like what we're going to talk about today, I feel like we're not, we don't talk about enough, which is project management, event planning, and what it really takes to pull on a fantastic um, event in our industry. Obviously, IAB does a great job at doing so. Um, but before we actually start talking about it, can you give us like a good introduction about who you are, um, what you do right now at IAB, and also a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are? Absolutely. So just to walk you through what I currently do at the IAB, I'm a program manager. So in short terms, that just means I'm managing a lot of what IAB does, making sure that things are on on time and on budget. And then making sure that we have some structure and some guardrails in place for all of our teams. And in particular, I focus on temple events. So I'm super excited to talk through the events. I feel like they're my favorite part of what I do. And I also help our legal and public policy department. But I'm very excited to talk more about it. I'm a huge advocate for project management. um, And I'm a huge project management nerd. So I feel like it'll be really exciting to talk more about how it can benefit teams and then what I usually do to successfully manage temple events. So you you said temple events? What is that? So the temple events, of course. (laughs) Right. And our temple (laughs) events, we categorize that as almost like our big tent giant events that we have within the industry. So there are other events that are a little bit smaller. IAB also manages board meetings, committee and council meetings. So our temple events are like those large scale meetings where we have tons of people come. They're more on a conference scale. They usually deal with giant topics and we usually have like the new fronts. We just launched IAB play fronts, which is all about gaming. So super excited to have just had our inaugural event there. But all of these are just like the big picture events that we're running. Got it. Okay, 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 okay. That's really cool because again, we always hear about like, oh, this event or this conferences or this and that. Even like a webinar, as I'm finding out, it takes a lot. It's like it really is a lot of back end organizations. And so, um, so before we talk about exactly how you make magic happen on your end, can you define like what you do? If you had to define it for my like my eight year old niece, Linda. How would you explain like project management or program manager to somebody like Linda? Yeah, absolutely. So I would put it really simply as we're the people who keep the train on the track. So if you're just thinking about any type of project, I would be there making sure that there's a plan in place. I would be getting everybody together to ideate, to think about the reason why we're doing it, the scope and what's going to be necessary to make it happen. And then just making sure that that's spearheaded. So I would be the person getting together a project team, making sure that we have budget and money aligned to that. 
And then along the way, just making sure that everything is still on track and according to a plan and a timeline that we set in place. And um, if you want to get super technical about it, there are different fields within project management. So we have project managers, which are more on the smaller end. So we would actually manage those one-off things. So think of it as if I were saying, I'm just going to manage this one event. So that would almost be considered project management. But then there's program management. And you almost look at that as a giant portfolio of projects. So I'm in the latter, where it's like you manage all of these projects, and they're all correlated, and you really want to tie everything back together. So that's just a little fun fact about how those different things are categorized and grouped. Okay, so I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the Reach Frequency, which is a course you have asked me for, okay? And I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you. Why should you even consider? And then I'm already pretty aware of what's going on for my advertising. I love your podcast content. This is where I'm here. Cool, great. But you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start, right? Most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner or a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the, the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the, actually the only way to get training nowadays? Like if for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to, for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and, and, and really what to look for. So the Reach and Frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department if you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising. The Reach and Frequency course is for you. Okay, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for few for eight plus years, right? And I led teams. I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy, implementing, executing, optimizing, and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there. Great. Don't only stop at with my course. Continue training because that's 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 what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years and I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live, and now back to the episode. That's really interesting because um, I think it's, it's like so much going on, but you just show up and admire, like you just taste the, like the finished meal, right? You don't really understand how long it's been in the works of like cooking and all that stuff. Right. But, um, so I, I, I'm really honored that you made the time to come onto the podcast, because like I said, 
There's a lot going on when it comes to event planning. And most of us listening don't always understand what it takes. And, and so we're really excited to have you on. And also, like, I wanted to talk to you because I know you're unclaimed introvert or can we claim it? Yeah, I am a proud introvert. So <laughs> okay. very happy to say that. <laughs> because in our introduction, uh, our previous introduction, we... I told you I was an extrovert, but sometime I wouldn't mind just like, even though I'm an extrovert, I still need to go recharge after being in like an event space. Like yes. working is amazing. But like a couple of days after I'm like, Phew, child, I just need to do nothing today. Exactly. So before the end of the, the, the podcast, we'll definitely talk about the importance of networking, which ties into event planning, like why you should plan. Some of those those events that you take so much heart and soul into planning. Um, but let's talk about the planning piece. So talk to us is like the most exciting part of project management, planning an event, but also like the things that we we as consumers, right, like attendees would not think about even this is actually really important. And if this is not happening, you don't get to do or experience it this way. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with my favorite part. And I would have to say that that's the kickoff. And for anybody who doesn't know what a kickoff is, it's just getting the team together. And that's basically when we're just like, hey, everybody, we have our project, we know what we're going to do. Let's get pumped. And let's talk about what this project is going to be. So in my eyes, a perfect kickoff makes me so excited because it feels like my team is invested. We know what we're going to work on. We get really excited. So I would say the planning phases are my favorite part. Like just that excitement and just getting the ideas together are super refreshing. And it's really interesting to just see how things progress and just seeing how we start out with a tiny idea and then seeing that come to life in the launch. That's really dope. And um, and so there's a kickoff and then there's the planning part, right? Um, exactly. So, so you probably have a, a project lead that lets everyone know like, hey, this is going to be needed uh, to be done. Hey, Alexis, you're in charge of this or whatever, whatever. Right. And actually, I would be that project lead would be so that in the kickoff. Right? It's just me getting everybody together, which would be like our project team mm-hmm. and saying, hey, this is what we've decided. Our stakeholders have signed off on this. This is what you're going to be working on. And this is the timeline. We also go over governance. So just talking through who's responsible for what and how things are going to be filtered throughout the project. And then also a communications plan. So just making sure that we're all on the same page and we know how information is going to be filtered. Let's talk about that communication plan because I feel like we all need a communication uh, communication yes. plan anywhere in the programmatic field, okay, at different levels. Um, so what is that and why do you think it's so important? Yeah, so a communications plan is exactly what it sounds like. It's just <laughs> making sure that we have something put in place so that we're talking appropriately, that we're making sure that the lines of communication are open. Because as you know, a lot of these things are happening with several different teams operating at the same time. So it's really easy for wires to get crossed and for silos to be built. So for me, what I like to do is to just highlight, hey, everyone, here's all of the tools that you have in place to make sure that you're getting the proper information. And a lot of times, like the PM will really get into the weeds of this 
and kind of find their own system and their own cadence for making this happen. Like for me, I usually do a weekly status report and I highlight all of the next steps and what needs to happen so that my teams are kept in the loop. And it could also look like communicating project status. So making sure that people know this is really going off the rails. We need to start corralling you guys back and getting you back on track with these things. But communication becomes so very important. And then just adjusting that to different stakeholders will really make or break how successful your project will be. That's really cool. Um, I had a question and it just just left me because you said something about status. Um, oh, oh, I was going to ask you, like, when is so. Can you like share maybe not only uh, when you were part of the IAB, but like in your career, um, can you share like when there was like a project that really went off rail and this like you had to really this was your superwoman moment? And like, don't be humble about this story <laughs> because we really want to know because like somebody's going to listen to this and be like, oh, wow, there's so much versatility in the programmatic advertising world. Right? Oh. And that's the whole point of having this conversation. Like you can literally be you don't have to only be like an account executive and C-suite sales or a data analyst or even a programmatic media trader, which is my background. Um, you can literally do everything from like down to project management or program manager. So that's why I was ask, I'm asking this question yeah. uh, because eventually the podcast is going to hold one day type of conferences where we'll bring some of those guests back into like a one day workshop and really highlight networking, which we're about to talk about in a hot second, right. but really highlight networking locally here in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where I'm located. Because I think that all, and that's not shade to IAB also, but I think like most of the big events are in the New York. And I feel like Mm -hmm. we have like a really great digital hub, for instance, here in Raleigh and in Charlotte, which is two hours away. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I, I, I wish we had more of those events locally. And, and I feel like it would maybe help even like from a, economical perspective like for Raleigh, a city like Raleigh a city like Charlotte a city like uh Charleston South Carolina a city like I don't know I mean Orlando is pretty popular but like you know like different type of cities that our industry don't always hold like yearly or bi-yearly events so for somebody like me what would be like advice to so okay if you want to get started how would you, uh, how would I get started right, right after you, um, you tell us about your superwoman moment? Sure. So I would say like one of my superwoman moments would be just making sure subjectively I had one of these events. And in the past, it was just really going off the rails. Nobody was seeing eye to eye and it was just very chaotic. So Whenever those things happen, I really pride myself on bringing everybody back together and just giving them a sense of calm and just saying, hey, everybody, let's get in a room and let's talk about it. So there's lots of moments where it just causes us to just pause. And there's been times where I've had to insert myself and just be like, hey, let's just pause and get this back on the tracks. And I'm super proud of doing that for a lot of our events and just making sure that everybody's kind of on the same page. And um, a key example is just making sure that there's a lot of communication in place. Like I would definitely say that communication 
Yeah, it's, it's such so an understatement. Important. It's such a uh, like it's so underrated. Like communication is so underrated. It's crazy, but it's so important. it is. Right. It is. It's right. so important. And even if it's just basic things, like for me, it's all about implementing processes. So I would say oh, that talk. we love that. Talk yes, I would say that that's my biggest thing. Just mm-hmm. making sure that when things are inefficient, just being able to look ahead and predict and to say this looks like it's not right or something's happening here. Let's address it before it actually starts going off the handle. So I'm super proud to have been able to implement things in the organization and to really make things easier by creating processes, by building status reports, by making sure that we have tools in place so that we can increase accountability. So I would say that it's all about just being that person who holds others accountable and just making sure that there's some sort of structure in place and just staying innovative, like just thinking about things that we can continue to change and make more efficient. So your superwoman uh, power would be being a great shepherd. I would say, you know, yeah, I would definitely say that. And I think that it's perfect because that's essentially what project management is. It's just shepherding everybody and really just making sure that there's some sort of structure in place and that we're starting to think about things more strategically. Wow. That's really powerful. So for somebody like me, that's starting to, that wants to start, like, what would you, what would you advise me? Because I feel like I feel like a lot of agency partners I work with have so much power to share and so much voice in their local markets. And I'm like, oh, wow, more people in your market should hear about what you're doing. And the best way to do it is like make an event, right? It's not only about sell pitching yourself, but ultimately it's almost like your ability to say, hey, I'm really great at what I'm doing and I know I can help you. But at the same time, you can also help me or help this person that helps this person help, help, help. Exactly. And so people in together, um, I'm going to say, you know, pending how we're looking in a post pandemic ish world, whatever that comfort is, you know, virtual events are still popping. Um, but like, what, what would you tell me? Cause I do want to do an in-person event and I do want to cap it. <laughs> right. And I am a hundred percent self-funded unless we find sponsors, uh, which I'm pretty comfortable with, Will, but what 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 is the things like okay pay attention to this and this and you'll be great at this and that welcome to the programmatic meetup yay i'm so excited about this community that we're building it's going to be a safe space for media buyers ad ops uh programmatic ninjas data analysts like you and i you know just to come up and talk about our day-to-day challenges in our direct roles some of, my, some of our wins and some of our um, opportunities to grow, to educate ourselves. Some of the topic of discussion includes anything from optimization, best practice, QA, templating, workflow, um, ver- operational workflow. I'll have guest appearance. I'm bringing my network to you. And the best part of it is that you'll have one-on-one questions with them. Oh, so excited about this, yo. I'm so hyped. Um, so what to expect in your membership, right? Um, you can expect one hour call every first and third Wednesday of the month, access to all the recordings for the paid members within our community, um, discounted one-on-one consulting with me and some of the guests that will be gracing 
us with their presence and their appearance, customizable trainings, but most importantly, new best friends, y'all. I'm very excited about this opportunity. This is a community for you and I. This is a community for us to just join forces and really, really share, really just being able to be together in a community. There's so much growth when you are in a community, when you're able to relate to people, or somebody understands where you're coming from, um, from, from different perspective, right? So, so join today. Programmatic Meetup uh, community is open to you. Bring your friends, tell your friends to bring his friends, to bring her friends and his friends to meet up with us. Um, we respect you, we love you, we appreciate you. We're ready to like uh, support you. So make sure you join the programmatic meetup. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very excited about it. So thank you so much and see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like speaking from like a project management yeah. and a content angle, I would say that if I were to look at three main things, it would be innovation, it would be structure, and it would be solidarity. So for innovation, I feel like the key thing for events, and you alluded to this earlier, and I thought it was great, there's so much content out there. So I think that it's so important to just like look at it and to be like, with everything else that's going out here, how can I be different? What is it about my event that's going to set this apart? And how can I just make sure I'm thinking about what's new and what's next? And I think innovation can also be applied to how you're working with your team members too. So just thinking about how can I start predicting things and being proactive about what things and what risk may take place? Because with events, there's a lot of risk and there's always going to be something that goes wrong. And I would say for structure, just making sure that, again, there's amazing communication, that people know what their swim lanes are because you're going to be dealing with several different teams in order to make sure that that event is an, a success. And then also just having a strong framework in place. So looking at the way that you're planning on managing events, even if it's looking at best practices, making sure that teams kind of have a standard for how you want to do things will always make sure that you're super successful and you're not reinventing the wheel as you continue to grow and develop. And then lastly, solidarity for me is huge. So just making wow. sure that you have trust and support with your team. Um, part of what I love about being a project manager is just the teams that I get to work with. I love working with people and even though I'm an introvert, I also consider myself an ambivert. I do love working with people. So just making sure that your team feels supported, that's huge. And making sure that the project will be successful and that everybody feels bought in. Like that's something you want them to get excited about because they're a part of making this successful. And without your team, you would not have a successful project. You're right. I mean, it's that's and that goes to anything in in life in general. Like without your support system, without your village as a parent, I am yes. Without like you know your team, and it's it's really great that you highlighted that because I think I think it's really important to keep saying it out loud. Like without your team, like you'll be doing all of it together by yourself, and that's almost impossible. Exactly. So, since this is, I think, a great segue into. Um, another part of the conversation I wanted to have with you, which is like the importance of networking and attending those planning, um, those planning, those events. 
Um, I know that I've worked a lot with teams that are more on the introverts, you know, as a programmatic media buyer, as an ad ops person, as a, like even a data analytics, sometimes the most of the interaction you get is from the internal team. And then um, some client facing if they were, if it's required from your account. Right. And so um, there are not a lot of opportunity for programmatic ninjas like myself to attend industry events. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite frankly, I don't agree with it because everybody should be able to get that experience. Absolutely. Network because you learn so much. Like there's like vendors out there. Like it's so essential for even like the success of how we operate internally, but also how we bring in business. And additionally, how like that business is retained, which is where the programmatic ninja is here for, right? Making sure that that campaign is performing. And so most of those programmatic ninjas, not all, y'all don't, don't, don't get in my DMs about what I'm about to say. (laughs) I'm just letting you know, (laughs) most of the teams I've worked with were either, like you said, I like the term ambivert or introvert. And they they admitted, like, you know, we want to, some of them told me, we want to attend some of those conferences, but mm-hmm. it's like exhausting to be in public. We don't know how to approach people. We don't know what to say. And when they hear that we're not decision makers, it's almost like, oh, well, there we, we don't, we're not taking us seriously or whatever. Right. So what would be like something you want to tell that individual, like, A, Maybe you might be, you might not like people like that, or maybe you recharge um, by yourself. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I don't like a lot of people. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> <laughs> right, I, like, I like people. But then like after three days, I'm like, I need to just hide under my covers. Right. Like, well, what would you tell that person listening? Because it's so important to network nowadays. It absolutely is. And the first thing that I would say is there's nothing wrong with it. So First of all, if you're an introvert, and I'll say this again, I'm a very proud introvert. There's nothing wrong with being introverted. I say, be yourself. Definitely find what works for you because there's always different forms of networking, but just don't let it keep you away from those opportunities because networking is golden nowadays. So it's just so important to get out there. And even when it comes to attending events, I say that my biggest piece of advice is to dip your feet in the water. Like you don't have to take the full dive. You don't have to feel like you're going out and talking to every single person. But even if you just say, I'm going to take baby steps and first I'm going to at least attend this event. I may like speak to a few people. I may connect with a few people on LinkedIn and just start a conversation at least you're taking those steps. And the more that you do it, you're going to find that it's only going to benefit you. And then also it's going to make you feel more confident and comfortable as you continue to practice. Good. And I think we, um, we all to use the term networking for, um, for almost like, uh, in terms of like employment or Mm -hmm. new business development, but in actuality, it's like you said, there's different types. So yes. like when I use the word networking, it's just like to grow the people around that I can not only tap in or pick their brains when necessary, but they can also do the same for to me or to mm-hmm. them. So I think it's so important. And that's actually, this is not a shame. This is not a shameless plug because this is my podcast, but this is one of the reasons why I, we created the programmatic meetup, which is a community of programmatic ninjas or ad-ups mm-hmm. or data analysts, you name it from all across the globe, like internationally, 
we meet up and we talk about like day-to-day shop, like we talk shop, but also we talk about like how to better ourselves individually, like from a, like a holistic perspective, but also how do we bring our authenticity at work and how do we share it in our community? So I'm big on networking. I'm big on like, you got to learn something new all the time. Like you cannot stop learning and exchanging is one is a form of learning and it's really well done in a networking settings or networking environment, I should say. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you said about, we can't stop learning. And that's just the thing. Like it's completely fine to be yourself and to be an introvert. But I always say that there's always a chance for you to step a little bit outside of your comfort zone, because it's like, if you don't do that, you'll always stay in the same place and you won't evolve. So love that. I totally agree. You better tell it louder for people in the back. I don't think they heard you. She said there is, you can't stay comfortable. And I always say this on my podcast, like there's so much growth in being uncomfortable. There's so much growth. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel like vulnerable. It's going to feel like you're almost like, it's like standing naked. Almost. Oh yeah. Right. Um, that's really scary, but like, there's so much growth into it. And also don't take me literally, please don't go standing naked in front of people, child, I'm not telling you to do that. (laughs) But what the point is like, you gotta, you gotta put yourself in those rooms. You gotta put yourself in that environment so that you can. And, and sometimes, you know, agencies or brands that don't always think about sending your position or your job level or job, um, uh, title. I'm gonna say title, but like your your mm-hmm. job to um to those type of event again is really popular to send an account executive or account manager or like a salesperson because yeah development. So you can negotiate some of those into when you start a new job. Like when you're looking for a new job, um, you can say, hey, am I going to be able to attend a conference once a year? And then you add that into your contract. That is part of benefits and that's part of growing. You know, whether it's local, whether it's, um, I don't know if international is popular here, but whether it's an international conference, you can negotiate some of that. And it shouldn't be, it should be non-negotiable in my, in my opinion. Yeah, it's so important. I think regardless of whatever title or um, level that you're at in your job, it's so important and it's good to keep your people learning and just continuing to help them grow. So completely advocate for that. Oh my gosh. Um, so last question before, before we go into the closing segment, but talk to us a little bit more about your journey to where you are now in terms of like the different skills that you, you acquired, but you, um, purposely acquired because you knew you wanted to get somewhere. So for instance, did you always wanted to work in project, project management, being program, uh, programmatic while program manager um, and what all like the skill set associate because again somebody is probably listening saying like actually I would really love to do that I never wanted to be uh-huh. in planning honestly I always liked event planning for myself for instance personally but when you hear of event planner you think of like what like weddings or <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> there's a lot tied to it yeah. and I'd love to talk through that because I even think with project management It's Mm -hmm. becoming such a big thing, but it's still a little bit ambiguous where people don't really know what it is. So very happy to talk about it. Um, I'll start with my journey and I'll start with very early stages, like first job, Alexis. 
I was a sales development representative, and that's a fancy word for somebody who basically books leads for account executives. So I would be on the phone. I would be trying to get cold leads. I'd be sending emails. Um, (laughs) It was a lot of stuff. And it was actually really fun for me at the time, just because I always had a sense of creativity. So I really had fun like drafting my emails, being like, how can I be creative? How can I say something to this person that will get them to want to talk to us? And along that path, I think that I built a lot of soft skills around communication and around engaging with people, figuring out how to manage different people and their expectations. And it was really an interesting journey because that was kind of the first time that I decided, you know what, I feel like I'm starting to learn myself and what things I like to do. But I don't think that this industry is for me. So it's like, as an introvert, I was like, I don't think sales is your thing. So it kind of took me a little while. I tried dipping my toes in other areas. I was like, maybe you'll like marketing. Maybe you'll like something else. So I really started looking for more positions in marketing. And um, luckily, I did find myself at the IAB. And I was so happy to be there because for those of you who don't know, like they have everything that there is to know about the advertising space. So as somebody who was starting out, I was so excited and I still am to this day to just be surrounded by content and to just soak things up and to continue to learn because the space is always evolving. So it was a really exciting move for me because I got to be around there. I got to learn so much. And then I also got introduced to project management, even though I wasn't a project manager at the time. So I was working a lot with those smaller meetings that I was talking about. We have like a lot of council meetings, committee meetings that um, several people get together and figure out how to create things. Like we would talk through business decisions. We would talk through um, creating content building guidelines, making sure that we can actually make an impact and continue to grow the advertising space. And I would essentially be the person behind the scenes, making sure that everything was happening when it needed to, reminding people, building timelines, just moving things along. And for me, that was when I first figured out, I really like this. And then also I was like, you're really good at this. You're an organized person you're tactful, you're good at having conversations with different stakeholders. So that was when I first got my taste of project management, even though I wasn't officially a project manager. So back to your question around like the skills and maybe somebody who's thinking project management may be for me or I'm interested in it. I would say that it definitely starts with a good sense of organization. So if you love to organize, if you're a person who's like Marie Kondoing and you just really like how things fall together and just making it like neat and structured, definitely would say that a PM future may be one for you. And I would say another good tool or um, skill for you to have is really being able to manage up, having a good sense of working with different stakeholders. So you'll definitely need to be a person who can manage different personalities and who knows how to just move things along in a tactful way. Um, I think that that's a great skill to have. 
And then I would also say somebody who is a creative thinker and somebody who can think on their feet. That's really key because with projects, there's going to be risk associated to everything. And I was once told about statuses and things being on track. Nothing is ever usually on track. And if you do have something on track, then that's fabulous. But a lot of times there's usually something going off the rails or it's a yellow or it's at risk. So I think you need to have a um, strong sense of being able to address risk and you need to be able to just pivot and to manage that head on and to be a little bit ready for the risk and not so risk averse when it pops up. But um, there's so many things that go into being a PM. And I say I encourage anybody who wants to do it to definitely look at it because there's so many industries that use project management. But that's a little bit about my journey. And then I ended up basically being promoted to build our first program management team at the IAB along with a few others. But It's been a really exciting journey. I would say that it's a little bit of a happy accident the way that it happened. And I'm I'm glad because I think a lot of us don't always know what we want to do with our careers and it just happens. So, you know, I feel like that's about it. And that's like the story of Alexis and how I came from sales all the way to project management. Wow, that's so dope. And and you're right. Like a lot of us are, and I think you just normalized it for us, right? You gotta, you gotta test it. I mean, yeah. you try somewhere and then not like it and want to pivot. A lot of companies will support that pivot, right? They'll, they'll support and encourage um, new path within the mm-hmm. company, or you have to go elsewhere. But I think it's really great that you're just saying it out loud, like, "Hey, I wasn't exactly sure, but then I figured out that this was something that made my heart happy." Yeah, and actually, that uh, that's one of the the questions that's gonna go into the closing, the closing um uh, segment for the podcast. Like, what keeps you? What keeps Alexis Alexis? Like, what keeps you like uh, centered? What are your maybe your top two self care thing you do after maybe a long week? Not assuming that you have a long week, but sometimes work like cuckoo for cocoa puffs. So when you have whatever that definition of cuckoo for cocoa puffs is, but Whenever you have those cuckoo days, what makes you like, I, I definitely need to like go work out or I have a daughter yeah. go and kiss her. She might, she might take it. She might not take it. Sometimes she doesn't, uh, you know, then I go to her daddy who doesn't also, I don't know, but I find a way to really like decompress. So what are like yeah. two things you want to share with us? Absolutely. And I love that question. First of all, I think that that is so very important. So I would say for me, my like happy triggers would definitely be my family. First and foremost, I would say my mom is my biggest cheerleader. I think that we both encourage each other, especially after a hard day at work. So I feel like she's the first person that I'll call and I'll just be like, you know, today was rough, but we're going to get through it. Yeah. And I would say the second one is just making sure that I'm maintaining my self-care. So for me, it could look like several different things. Like it might look like a cupcake one day. Yeah. It might just be like self-care and just reminding myself and being kind to myself and just mm-hmm. saying, you did the best that you could today. Yeah. And um, that's one extra tip that I would give to introverts. 
I think a lot of times we fear like being outward or we fear sharing ourselves with other people because of the fear of judgment. And sometimes we can be our biggest critics. So I've been really working on just making sure that I continue to encourage myself and empower myself from within and just remind myself, you know, be kind. Like you may have not had the best moment or you may make mistakes, but we learn from them and we just continue to progress. So sometimes I think it's great what you said, like you've done enough. You are enough. You've done exactly. That's cool. Okay. That's cool. And even if you didn't have a, you didn't feel like you had high moments. Those were the moments you were supposed to go through today in order to add to your wisdom. So I feel like that's still great. And also I think that's also, I started practicing affirmation this year. Like every day I try affirmation, actually shout out to Elena Fox. Uh, she has affirmation on YouTube. Oh, wow. Really great. Um, and then there's second person I always, so I'm in the Queen Warrior, which is a workout program from Fabiana Ferrini, but she's nice. a um, mindset coach and she has daily affirmation too on the app. Like it's an app. And so I do those very often, especially on my lower days or my less high days. And Mm -hmm. it makes such a tremendous, a tremendous difference into like how I even think like sometimes, and even like, like you said, you're, you don't want to be naked in front of somebody and and voice uh, your opinion that should be voiced and should be heard. So I really commend you for doing that and for eating that cupcake with no judgment of yourself because we're our toughest critics. Like it's not other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we have to be nicer to ourselves, but I definitely love that. And I love affirmations. So I'll have to check them out. That's great. Elena, Elena Fox, A-L-A-N-A Fox. Um, and then, like I said, um, the Queen Warriors, like it's a workout program and she has, uh, oh, I'm so, Jennifer, Jennifer is the Mansic coach. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic. She's fantastic. And the, the, the daily affirmation from the Queen Warrior program are like two minutes type of affirmation every day. Oh, so wow. I'll share it with you after, um, because I think you can just sign up to the affirmation and it text it to you every day. That's awesome. Yes, please do. I love affirmations. So great. It's so great. But thank you so much for stopping by. Okay, one last question. Okay, so I think you already alluded to that. But um, if you had to tell yourself, like uh, your younger self starting, freshman self starting into the industry, whatever you were doing, I think like uh, Alexis in sales, right? What was something, what is something, one thing you want to tell her that you wish you knew then, but you know, now, what is that? Yo, if you're starting in your career, make sure you do. I would have told my freshman self to just enjoy the ride. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I would have told myself. I feel like a lot of us, especially when we're starting out, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we get very ambitious And we're just like, this is my perfect process and my perfect outlook on what I'd be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like sometimes the more that we try to plan, there's a saying that the more you plan, God laughs. I feel like it's just like you're messing yourself up. I think it's tell God your plans. My best friend, Angela, that one day because I was like upset because I was uh, I wanted to do something in my life. I think it was like buying a home like before getting married, like as a single woman. Right. I love my husband. I didn't get to do it. Now we're homeowners. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but that was like one of the independent superwoman thing I wanted to do, even though it's not even. And she was like, ha, 
Somebody told yeah. me, tell God your plans and hear him laugh. So here it is. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. But I wish that I would just say, hey, just enjoy the ride. You're going to get there when you get there and just yeah. learn, soak up as much as you can and always see like others as, um, and I would say to just assume the best and to prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that while you're interacting with others, wow. that you're learning from them and that you're just enjoying the process. And I feel like things will fall into place as they kind of go along. That, yo, we could talk to Alexis all day. I'm not going to lie. Maybe yes. talk to her <laughs> a little bit every day. Maybe you should send us those two minutes yourself to us because this was so great but i want to be respectful of your time so thank you so much if anyone wanted to reach out to you just to ask questions um about what you do or even about the ib where did they reach out to they can absolutely um reach out to me over linkedin i am always happy to chat so please don't be a stranger Perfect. I will have all of Alexis uh information in our show notes and description as always. And on social media, you'll get to, um, you you know, we'll tag you on LinkedIn post so that people can follow you. But thank you so, so much, Alexis. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. It was such a pleasure, Ellen. Thank you.